Hello to everyone listening. I am Nathan, and welcome to the Sea Brilliance Podcast. In this podcast episode, you will hear an amazing story told by an amazing person. And hopefully the story that they will share will reveal something about your life and will encourage the brilliance that resides in you. So let's listen together. So tell me a little about yourself. My name is Jillian Deese, and I am a Columbus native, grew up as a Buckeye, went to Ohio State as a kid with my mom to a lot of games, and then grew up through the Columbus City School District as a student, and eventually went to the Ohio State University to pursue my bachelor's and master's degrees, one of which is in education in the way of teaching, and one is in educational policy. I'm currently about to enter my first year of teaching inside the Columbus City School District, which is super exciting. I also have a little kiddo named Jalil. He's four years old and he's super fun. He's a great ball of energy and has a lot of light inside of him. And that's made life a lot easier over the past couple of years. But there's some things we can get into regarding dedication in a moment more into that. Awesome. Awesome. And so how would you describe yourself? So I would describe myself as pretty resilient and pretty determined. There are conceptions about the world that I think are very unique from other people. But because of my upbringing, I am fully comfortable with that. And I always have been. I'm really rooted and grounded in what I believe to be true and right. Very optimistic. And I'm always interested in taking a different perspective on things and really using a solution-driven mindset for any issue, any problem, any trial that comes up in life. Part of that is just the mindset of life goes on, time is short, and the impact you can have on people can be very substantial in small amounts of time. So I'm super fun. I think sometimes I just like to have deep discussions and I like to think really deeply about things and be critical of everything. But that's because I was raised to be critical of everything and to try to understand how things could be true for some people and not for others, how some things make make sense in one context, but not another. Really just being deeply thoughtful about everything and anything in life, from something as simple as the food you eat, to the clothes you wear, to the, the extracurriculars you engage in. I like how you alluded to the importance of mindset particularly when you're going through a trial and even mindset when it comes to one's joy and peace and tranquility. So tell me a little bit of how is it that you have shaped your mindset to move you in a positive direction? I think this is something that has been part of my individual journey that I have had to learn to choose that positive mindset. Interestingly enough, I did see someone term provide the term positive mindset and toxic positivity. And I thought that was really interesting because um, for me growing up, life was really great until about 12, um, which is when I my father passed away um, because I grew up in a very two parent household where things seemed pretty normal. Like I had a very normal childhood up until that moment. Um, And so after that moment, I was forced to grow up a little faster and deal with the grief and all those things. And luckily I went through years of counseling to, to kind of bounce 
from that. But at first, it's really easy to take that mindset of woe is me. Life will never be the same. You know, why does things happen to me like this? Just very negative. And like, it took me a while to understand how to channel the positivity and how to see the opportunities and everything. Though it wasn't a pleasant experience, there were still spaces for me to grow and for me to understand that with that person not being here in the physical present, that doesn't mean that person isn't still supporting me from whatever realm that person respectfully agrees with where people go after they pass away in this life. For me, I believe my spirits and my angels protect me and cover me every single day because there are things that I have dodged and survived and gotten through that I don't know how that happens. So part of that positivity comes from understanding that there are things that are beyond my control. My parent passing away was out of my control. Only thing inside of my control was how I reacted and how I continued to grow. I think that might have taken me probably like two years of counseling to figure that out. But once I was able to figure that out, that's when I think my life pivoted towards these are the things I want in life. And now I have to make the moves to get there. One of those things was when I hit high school, I knew I didn't want to pay for college. I knew I didn't want to go into debt for college. There was no way for me. So I tried to move accordingly through high school by being prepared, by knowing what schools I liked, how much they cost how much money would be necessary to cover it, all these things to prepare myself to meet the goal that I set forth. It became a sense of resiliency because I had a goal. I had an endpoint of where I wanted to go and where I wanted to be. The amount of hurdles, the amount of things that come up before then are something that you deal with in that moment, but that you still have an end goal to reach and that the end is never there until you finish your goal and then set some new ones. So channeling that positivity comes from having your purpose, having your motivation and knowing what you want and why you want it. Getting to your why and your purpose in life and your purpose in the things you do, not just how and what you do to get there. So the positivity is important, but I allow myself time to be negative if I need that too. Sometimes we need a little bit of realism and some negativity to come into our brains just for us to understand some harsh realities that we might have to accept. But that doesn't mean you stay there. But I think the expectation that you always have to be positive about everything is where that toxic positivity term comes into play, which I I really like at this point, because it makes sense not to always be positive because life sometimes comes at you really fast and really hard. For me, I know I was in high school. Life was going pretty well. Things were hitting to graduation and my mom passed. That was a hurdle that I could have taken and been very negative about and let it ruin my life. However, instead of doing that, I allowed it to fuel me to keep moving forward because I still had a goal. Regardless of what came up, I knew I still didn't want to pay for school and I knew school had to be an option because I wanted to have more income at my disposal than my parents did. So that positivity was really important because I still was driven to what I wanted, but I was still sad, still hurt, still feel the pains of like all the things you don't experience that most people do with their parents. Like those things were still present. But keeping a smile on my face sometimes helped me go through the day. It helped other people around me who supported me, who were concerned about me. They knew I was doing okay. I wasn't great, but I was at least okay. And I was present and I was there as much as I could be. So channeling that positivity, I think, allows you to see the optimism and the, the multiple ways things can be viewed differently. Once you figure out how to view things differently, you will always win. There's never another loss you'll take because every loss comes with a lesson. So I think that's my point about positivity in a very roundabout way. Wow. 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 I tell you, he dropped so many gems right there. That, that scratched like 21 questions off my list. 
Oh man, but um, what are you most excited about right now? What are you most excited about right now? So in my life now, I just told you about things that got me to like the end of high school, and I'm just finished my seventh year of college with another degree. So I'm super excited because I'm at this place where I have a, I've accomplished a lot of goals that I set forth for myself. I'm at that place where I'm checking off the things that I said were on my five-year plan. And I had to sit down and make another five-year plan. That's super exciting because not only do I have more new goals to look forward to, but that means I'm able and fully able to accomplish my goals no matter what comes in my way. And getting to those degrees was not easy. It did not come with its challenges. I I have a four-year-old kid. That means I had a kid while in college. That's a big challenge. With that child, I was also leaving a domestically violent relationship. That relationship happened throughout college. I had a house fire while in college. I had really terrible professors who were extremely culturally dismissive and not in tune with how to support the Black and brown students who I intend to support. So having to fight challenges within the professional context and There were so many different things that came up that could have stopped me along the way of getting those degrees and meeting those goals that it's really exciting to know going forward, I can accomplish any goal I set forth. I just have to set it and I have to make progress with it as little or as a lot of progress every day. And I think what's more exciting for me is I do know now how to make my goals align with each other, even if they seem like very different goals. So for example... I would love to eventually work on someone's political campaign as an educational consultant because I want to impact kids on a really large scale. However, in the intermediary, until I get my feet completely wet in that field, I plan to go teach. Now, teaching doesn't really help me advocate in the political uh, landscape, but it does give me the foundational understanding the experience and the respect as a teacher to then make those recommendations in the future. So learning how to really leverage the time you have and what's at your disposable in the moment to accomplish those goals that you have set forth later is super cool. It's learning to maximize your time and even more so getting into contracting and stuff on the side where you're not leaving money on the table. That's one thing for me personally that I'm put on my my five-year plan of as a mindset is learning how to value what you offer, whether it's to friends, whether it's to family, whether it's to whomever, and not leaving money on the table for those skills. So there's there's a lot of excitement for me going forward because I have these things that I want to accomplish and I know I will accomplish. And on a much smaller micro level scale, even in the city of Columbus, it's a true privilege to be alive at 25. Coming from the schools and the city that we come from, I have plenty of friends plenty of contacts in my phone who are no longer alive to this day. So for me to be able to accomplish the goals that I have coming from where we've come from, it is, it's exciting. It's really exciting. I'm literally walking out of college, going to my first job. I'm making the same amount of money in my first year of teaching that my mom made over her whole life. Her highest yearly salary, I am making that my first year working. So I feel like I've truly fulfilled those dreams that my parents had for me. And that's exciting. That's exciting to go forward and and keep moving on with. If you could go back to your 16-year-old self and give young 16-year-old Jillian advice, what would it be? So my 16-year-old self, there's quite a 
few things I would go back and tell her, man. One of those things is very personal and it's very less academic or career driven, but it's just to love yourself more. Like I've had to really learn to appreciate me for who I present as, who I, who I come to the table as, what I bring to the table and learning to value those things, even when no one else does. And understanding that there is a place for me in this world, whether it be in the small scale of my, you know, immediate surroundings or in the bigger world somewhere else. I would definitely have told her to just love yourself more in all ways and and to not look for validation in other people and other other areas, just to learn to love yourself that way, which is easy to say now. It's definitely a hard thing for most women to do, most young girls most young men, it's very hard to really love yourself and who you are at such a malleable age. But in terms of of other stuff, I would have told her, if you get the opportunity to leave Columbus, go. I didn't leave, even with a full ride scholarship anywhere I wanted, I didn't leave Columbus. And though I have a beautiful son to show for it, I have a, you know, a, a very fruitful career and a promising future to show for it, I still wish I would have left. And gotten the experience of somewhere else and just really broadened my horizons in a different way. The other thing I think I would tell my 16-year-old self is to understand your worth. It's one thing to love yourself, but to understand your worth and what values you have and how you can pour into them, I think would have been a lot more valuable to me back then because I think I've gotten comfortable with whether it's this magical knowledge that no one understands that I have or just perspectives on life. There's often a time where I get friends who want to call me for what seems like counseling. And at some point I've learned that you have to either tell your friends to get a counselor or they have to send you a little cash for what you're doing. What I've learned that is that the wisdom sometimes I provide for folks is that of something you would pay for. And that goes back to that, that new goal of mine of not leaving not leaving money on the table and understanding your worth for the life that I wish to live. So if I could say three things to my my 16-year-old self, that would be it. Love yourself. Don't set those limits. Don't let anything limit you or hinder you and cherish your worth and make sure everybody else does too. You mentioned that you are a Buckeye. Buckeye runs in your DNA from going to games with your mother to obtaining both a bachelor's and a master's at the Ohio State University. And so when did you first become passionate about being an educator and more specifically STEM educator? This is a really cool part of this story that I don't tell too many people about. As I was going through my first two years of my degree programs at OSU, I started out in engineering I got accepted into actually many schools, about nine different schools, engineering programs. I chose OSU because after my mom passed, it really seemed like I still had support and family here. um, And I was really afraid to leave that. In my first two years of OSU, I specifically went to OSU because of the dean of minority engineering there, Dean Minnie McGee. That's the reason I went to OSU, because I knew going there, I would have support from a very high ranking official in the university capacity. That in my head told me, all right, Jillian, no matter how hard this gets, you'll have someone to turn to. You will have an office to go and and vent to or cry to or whatever it needs to be. And so I did that. I went there. I did my first two years in engineering and I got my butt plain and simple kicks. And I don't want to say it was because I was poorly educated through the city schools because 
I took up to AP Calculus. I had some really high level engineering courses that I took. I had engineering internships through high school. I had all the things to prepare me for it. But for some reason, I was getting my butt kicked. I ended up on academic probation my first semester. And as a student who never had lower than like a B ever, that was a hard pill to swallow. But part of it, what I realized is I would go to school, I would go to class, I would leave and go back to my apartment and watch TV or go do something else. Or I had no intention on really focusing fully on my work. Even when I really wanted to pass, something just wasn't clicking. Something just wasn't connecting, whether it's in my math classes or my calculus-based physics classes, or I did well in the engineering classes, like the tactical classes that actually focus on engineering, I did fine in. It was those core subjects like engineering calculus and um, physics that I struggled very hard in, and I couldn't understand why, because I understood physics, but when I got to the test, it didn't come through. I understood calculus most of the time because I went to tutorings every day. I went and got office hours. I did all the things that you're supposed to do, and I couldn't get there. So during the time I was doing that, I was still going back to my high school, visiting the STEM club there and participating with the students, coaching the students on how to do well in the math competition. I was helping them with homework. I was lecturing them about what it's like when you go to college and like to actually pay attention in calc or pre-calc or geometry or those things. I was really passionate about going back and making sure that when those students came to OSU or their respective schools, they didn't experience what I experienced. And I think one, one semester, I took a course that was just an exploration course for education. And it opened my eyes to understand that I probably wasn't set up to do well in this university space for engineering, not because I wasn't smart, not because I didn't have it, but because I might have missed some foundational math or science concepts in sixth grade, because maybe that, that teacher couldn't get through the content. So when I didn't learn about how to make a real good proof and why the proofs are actually true in sixth grade. And then it comes back in ninth grade and I didn't learn it there. Now I'm in college and can't understand why they're telling me sine, cosine, tan, and how that corresponds to algebraic expressions. That's when I realized that I could actually impact students the way I really want to see more black and brown students in the engineering classes I was in because they weren't there. I could go back and help these students actually get that knowledge when they're supposed to, get the engineering exposure that they needed to be able to go to college and do well in it. And that's where my motivation came from. That's where my inspo came. It, I, I realized I really wanted black and brown students to be able to go and do well. And I almost, you can almost call me a martyr because I took a potentially six figure pay cut from an engineering degree and went for that education degree and found a passion in teaching and, and really exposing students to STEM early. I got exposed to it in, in high school, which was a great time, but I, I had a lot of time to dedicate to it. My mom worked two jobs and wasn't home. So I stayed at STEM club all day, all night. I did everything possible. If there was some robotics to build or some math team, there was something, I was there because I didn't have nothing to do at home anyway. Not everybody's like that. You have to expose kids a little differently. That was my motivation. And I'm so excited to go into the school I'm going to now, which is deemed a STEM school, which really just means that they have the functionality to be a STEM school and they have funding to do it. And it's a priority for that school to have funding to do it. That's exciting for me. And the city schools where sometimes funding isn't accessible, they're making sure we have funding for all possible STEM experiments I want to do. If I want to teach the kids how to make solar cookers, what happens if your stove breaks? Or what if we want to cut the use of electricity in the world by half? Let's use some solar cookers. How do we do it? Teaching kids that 
is so cool and so pivotal. And you teach them the basic math and science concepts with that, that they can carry those problem solving skills through potentially an engineering degree or an engineering career or an IT career or a theater career or any career they really want. You know, these are skills that they can utilize in the real world as they so choose. And that's that's what I want to provide for students is the opportunity to have a choice in what they do in their future. I don't know that I was provided the opportunity because somewhere along the line, I didn't get taught certain things in math or certain things in science. So my opportunity might not have been there like it should have been. So that's part of my inspiration as a teacher. I, I want to go back. I want to put more black and brown students in those engineering classes, let them trickle into engineering degrees and engineering careers, but also to provide kids with the opportunity to choose. If they choose to go work at a McDonald's as a manager and have whatever life, that is up to them and kudos to them for doing so. It is nothing to say that's not a valuable job. I just want them to have the option to make that choice, not be forced into it. I am standing up and just saluting and clapping <laughs> because this this is what is definitely needed. And you know, what's really gonna matter moving forward is your mindset in this because you know uh there's so much passion in everything you just shared you know for the betterment of those who are underrepresented and underserved that the powers that be are going to try to slow you down and prevent uprising and and change and how is it that we go about looking at education, becoming lifelong learners, and, you know, being passionate about uh, behind, you know, whatever endeavors that we might desire to go after. So definitely standing and clapping. I appreciate that. You know, I would love to sit here and add to you that when I talked about that proper preparation thing and those goals that I have in mind, it's so interesting because I'm a long range thinker and I plan ahead as much as possible. Even if my plans don't go the way I thought, I still have some type of plan going forward. Even though it's my first year as going to be a teacher, they haven't seen me teach it. They haven't seen my face yet in person. And the curriculum instructor there has already told me, you're going to be a leader in our building as the STEM person because you have the most experience in STEM of anybody here. For me to walk into a building with that expectation is so exciting because what that tells me is there's a lot of room to impact, influence, educate your teachers, but also to progressively move up pretty fast if I do so correctly, right? And it comes from being prepared and doing the things I did back when I didn't know that my, my internships at Verizon would be so useful the internships that I've had at different engineering firms, I didn't realize that, oh, wow, those skills could actually help me do this. I thought they were just going to help me do a degree. No, they're going to help me teach a lot of other kids how to get their degrees. Like that is so exciting, but it just really leads into that staying prepared at all times and learning to make your actions line up with your big goals. Even if they don't seem like they're directly connected, make them connect, find the connections, even if it's just a soft skill. You make them connect to, to your advantage. And so when I tell you, you cut away from a good majority of the questions I had. <laughs> the next question I'll ask you is, what are your hopes for what 
the future holds for you? My hopes are that I can achieve the things that I have maybe have prayed on and have tried to manifest and have tried to speak into existence in my life and hoping that the things that I have spoken on are actually what I want when they come. Because I sometimes wonder if my big dreams and my big goals and my big intentions for the way I want the world to change and kids to experience education, I do wonder, will that be something that takes a huge chunk of my life away from like maybe my kids or maybe the future husband that I have or the future family I wish to build? You know, I wonder how those things overlap, but I wonder, I don't worry. I've learned long ago to let my worries go to my higher power and understand that if I walk in my purpose and I walk in my path, it will be okay. It will be exactly as okay as it's supposed to be. That's what I dream of and I hope for. And I just learning to catch those signs as they come to you. I know last night I was hanging out about to light a candle and I flicked the lighter and there was no air in my house moving. There was not, there was no fan on, there was no window open. But for some reason, the the flame was moving straight towards my finger, moving as fast as it could back. And I wasn't moving. I stopped. I walked somewhere else. I started doing it again and it didn't happen again. And it was in that moment that I'm quickly reminded that the people who protect you from another world are here protecting you always, even when you don't notice it, but they show you. So I wonder, I'm excited. I'm curious for how things go. I have goals and plans, but I don't worry. And those are the reasons why, because whatever's supposed to happen will be. Whatever's supposed to fall in place will. As long as I'm prepared and doing the things I'm supposed to do, whatever's supposed to shake will shake the way it's supposed to. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And I have one final question. This might be the easiest question you'll be asked tonight or today, but where can listeners find you online? I do have some social media presences. I have an Instagram that's a little more accessible than my Facebook. And that Instagram handle is Jillian Dees, J-I-L-L-I-A-N, D as in dog, E-A-S. That's a really quick, easy way to get in contact with me. Sometimes I share content focused on education or focused on your mental health or like I mentioned earlier, that toxic positivity. I just shared that on my story today. So sometimes I really manage to capture some things to motivate people or to inspire somebody. I do document like my personal journey in fitness because I used to play sports and I love getting back to being physically active. And I've improved a lot of my physical ailments that I was starting to have. They've all eradicated. My mental health has improved because I've got back into fitness. So sometimes I throw things on there to hopefully inspire another mom to go work out or someone who's never been to the gym to just go and go try it and just stick with it. So that's one of the places you can find me. I'm also available on LinkedIn at the same name handle, and I'm always readily available there as well. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Jillian, for the opportunity to hear your story and for others to see the brilliance that's in you. I appreciate the opportunity. Most definitely, most definitely. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. All right, thank you.